welcome to episode 107 of Rain Delay Radio, a baseball podcast. My name is Naim, and uh, I am joined today by Pat to talk about the news of the week, and that's it. All we're going to talk about is the news of the week. Uh, there was quite a bit of news, so uh, Pat, how's it going? What's up, everyone? I'm doing great. Good weekend, good day. I am, I'm so happy that a certain saga has finally come to an end. <laughs> We're we're like ninety nine percent sure it's come to an end. Um, but uh, I, I like I said in our in our Discord, I will not believe it until I see Carlos Correa on the field in a Twins uniform. Like it's just, <laughs> just you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, won't get fooled again. In the immoral words of George W. Bush. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, Carlos Correa has officially. Signed with the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> and we say officially, again, again, uh, how can you believe it? You know, how can you believe this? <laughs> I believe it, but do you believe it? Um, uh, six years, $200 million guarantee, four years and $70 million with the vesting option. Each year vests with one of uh, 575 player appearance in the previous year, which it goes down to 502 in the last year. Uh, Silver Slugger Award in the previous year a top five MVP finish an ALCS or world series MVP in the previous year. So it's four years of 15 or whatever that million dollar player option, something like that, 17 million or something like that. Um, uh, insane. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's amazing where we started and where yeah. we are now. Well, I mean, that's that's definitely the biggest thing of, you know, this started uh, this started with a 13 350 and ends with a max of 10 270, uh, which is I mean, like what a huge like I mean, that's that's, you know. That's awful for I think number one, you know, like like uh, you know if we're talking about winners and losers here right the the big winner is probably the twins because <laughs> they get Carlos Correa for probably much less than he's worth. Uh, the biggest loser here I think is Scott Boris. A hundred percent. Because like I mean, you know, I mean, Correa obviously is a huge loser in this, but he still gets you know generational wealth it's a lot of money um obviously not as much money as he was going to get from the giants or even from the mets um but uh but boris you know having to negotiate two different contracts for a guy and you know uh you know i i staked my claim uh however many weeks ago this was now it's been like six straight weeks of carlos correa saga um but i staked my claim on the mets are going to sign him it's not going to be a big change in the contract maybe some some language that we'll, we'll talk about the 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 language that boris offered in a minute but uh i think i think the language boris offered essentially is what i thought was going to happen uh and yeah. it's not what ended up happening but uh you know for for you know to get to to have a client sign for 13350 and end up having him sign for a max of 10270 like that is as an agent like you, you his you know th that really tanks Boris's stock as an agent more than it cuz you know whatever Correa's signed for 6 years he doesn't have to worry yeah. about his stock tanking but but Boris has to worry about the next year and then and the year after that and the year after that so anyway i yeah i think i think boris really is the the big loser here yeah this is this is really bad on his end and but uh, you know also the mets are not innocent in this as well because for sure oh for sure the, yeah the, I, the mets 
I blame the Mets more for what happened here than I do Boris, um, especially well, yeah, with the it, article it, that got put out. And I certainly don't um, quote unquote blame Boris. I just think, you know, like the, the fact that he had to do this sucks for him. Like it's, yes. it's not, it's not good for him going forward, trying to make contract negotiations. Again, the fact that it goes down to, and, and like, and trying to get clients and stuff like that, you know, like, I mean, the I I get that it's tough to go to a third team, you know, like once yeah. you've already had two teams back out, you know, Carlos Correa in this offseason has signed with one third, uh, one tenth of all Major League Baseball teams. Um, <laughs> uh, just in the last month alone, <laughs> has, has 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 had a contract signed with one tenth of all Major League Baseball teams. Um, so you know, like I get that it's tough to get to that third team, but to go, you know, to to lose out on a hundred and fifty million dollars, like that's not it's pretty you know, bad. It's it's if if I am a player looking for an agent, I certainly look at that number and think, I don't know if Scott Boris is the guy who I want to go with anymore. Like it, you know, it's 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 tough. But yes, yeah. I, I agree. I think the Mets definitely fumbled the bag here. You you uh sort of clued in on uh because I, I hadn't seen this article uh but talk oh, a little yeah. bit about what the the what the mets so 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 I, you i mean everybody listening to this podcast i'm sure has followed to some degree the correa saga but the 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 tldr on it he signed 13 350 with the giants the giants then backed out right before christmas right then the the uh boris like at two in the morning, uh, three in the morning, whatever, uh, had an agreement with the Mets for 12, three 15. Um, yep. and, uh, and then, uh, you know, Christmas came and went, new year's came and went, uh, and now it's, it's, you know, middle of January discussions were still happening, happening, happening. And, you know, twins re-entered the conversation, signed him for this six, 200 plus, four and 70 worth of uh of vesting options um but uh but in those negotiations with the mets uh yeah pat why don't you uh why don't you talk a moment about this so so this 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 brings me so much joy to read (laughs) so we open up so this is quote so bob nightingale uh put out an article on usa today um scott boris talked about the korea saga um winter meetings reds and stuff like that well, here are some quotes from Boris about the Mets and the negotiations with Correa. And it starts with this. I don't understand the Mets, Boris said. I gave them all of the information. We had them talk to four doctors. They knew the issue the Giants had. And yet they still call the same doctor the Giants used for his opinion. There was no new information. So why negotiate a contract if you're going to rely on the same doctor? Uh, and then it goes on to say here, Boris offered contract language that would well, protect the Mets. I, I do want to, because the, 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 the quote ends with, it was different with the Giants because the doctor had an opinion they yes. didn't know about. But the Mets had notice of this. They knew the opinion of the Giants. So why did you negotiate when you knew this thing in advance? <laughs> it's like, yep. it's true. It, like, it's, it's, it's so... <sighs> like they, it's, it's, not, it's not like... Because it, it'd be one thing, because because that's that's what Boris said initially, and that's what we talked about, and that's yeah. why I thought nothing was going to fall apart. Because it's not like the Mets came in not knowing what the Giants already knew, you know. Right. That's why I thought it wasn't going to fall apart, and that's what we talked about in the uh, in the emergency Christmas podcast. Uh, yep. w- was was you know 
uh, I, I think I, or, or, or maybe it was the week after whatever it was, the, uh, the quote from, from Boris was like, yeah, it's an ankle injury. We don't think it's an issue. Like, but we want to negotiate because, because the giants backed out. Cool. But like it, it didn't like nothing changed, you know. And, and no, the fact that the, same thing. the fact that Boris is saying right, they they told him the opinion of that doctor. They already said, hey, here's what the doctor that the Giants talked to said. Here's all the information. And then the Mets went back and talked to the guy again. It's so confusing. Yeah. Uh, so we go on here to uh, say Boris offered contract language that would protect the Mets if Correa's previous right angle injury caused him to miss more than sixty days the Mets could reduce the contract. If he spent more than 120 days on the injured list over a two-year period, the Mets could void the contract. If Correa finished the season on the injured list, the Mets would have the right to give him a physical to determine if they wanted to part ways. Which is, like, that's that's a bonkers offer from an agent um and like yeah. and that's that's so team friendly especially boris especially boris, especially boris offer right? that. which is which is like which is a, it's a kind of a sign of desperation right um uh but uh but you know like so you know we we, we had the sim episode last week right and um yep. you know uh I, in the sim uh i often take the role of agent it's the it's the role that i like the most it's the role that i get the least flack on uh we t- <laughs> Uh, we, we can we can talk about the the Red Sox sim, uh, yeah, uh, and, and me cutting in to uh, to defend ourselves for a little bit, um, uh, which I know that uh, you and Dylan were quite tickled by. Um, uh, it was great, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, and 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 I've offered contract language like this of like, look, because eh, I because I get it, right? The GM yeah. is concerned. Specifically, uh, in last year's sim, I offered this with Trevor Story, which, by the way, would have worked out swimmingly for the GM who signed Trevor Story, because we're going to talk about Trevor Story in a moment here. Um, uh, but uh, I, I offered this kind of contract language, which was essentially I offered the um, the John Lackey contract, uh, which was, yes. uh, you know, the, the, uh, John Lackey's uh, deal uh, many years ago was if he misses an entire season, uh, uh, you know, due to some sort of Tommy John type thing, then you get uh, an extra team option season at league minimum. And so I, you know, I have offered that kind of thing. And I offered that for Trevor Story, mostly because I wasn't getting any Trevor Story offers um, and I needed somebody to, to buy him. Uh, and, uh, and in fact, the Mets had been given a bunch of money because Steve Cohen spent money. So, uh, so like I, I get offering this kind of thing, but a guy like Boris offering that, it's very, very like it really, it takes the pressure off the team. It's like, look, cool. We're worried he's going to get injured and miss time. You are giving us a guarantee that if he misses time, we can reduce the contract right. void the contract we can you know do another physical to part ways um and then but in the, the mets wanted to then instead guarantee the yes. first six years and then a, and then club option for the next six years um yeah. which would offer so, which would so be the physical every year so it says here the mets instead wanted to slash their original agreement in half the mets would guarantee 157.5 million for the first six years with club options for the next six years that would pay another 157.5 but it would also require korea to undergo a complete physical after every season in which the mets could terminate the con- the remaining six years of the contract so here's another quote from boris boris said to mets lawyers you're now putting the contract at risk i've got to cover your risk by your deferral you can't have everything. You can't defer the contract, save $100 million on CBT taxes, and have him take all the risk, him as in Korea, at the back of the contract that's not guaranteed. 
And then at that point, that is where the negotiations fell apart and Correa ended up its win. Yeah. So essentially, so what he says is, uh, you know, the, the, the article says stalemate went on for a couple more weeks. Uh, uh, they, they, you know, tried to pick up the first two club options, blah, 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 but it was a stalemate. But the twins EVP, the twin, the twins, you know, essentially the, the GM, because EVP and chief baseball officer is like a made up title because you want to yeah. promote a guy uh, <laughs> said, kept checking in with Boris realized the longer there was an impasse, the better chance the twins could re-engage in negotiations. And they did, and they did really well. Um, and, and it, it worked out really well. Uh, we did get a, a you know, a, a, our resident twins fan, Lewis says, uh, love it. Good vesting option structure. Happy to have him back. Unfortunately, it's a Minnesota sports team. So now his leg is guaranteed to explode. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those like I'm surprised that no other team popped in. You I know, thought the Dodgers would have popped in at this point. I, I was convinced the Dodgers were going to end up with him somehow. Yeah, the Dodgers or, you know, like I think I don't think the Cardinals should have signed a, a shortstop. But at, at this price and this, you know, low this type of player compared yeah. to a guy of this of this of this caliber, um, like it's certainly worth taking the taking the flyer and being like, you know what, Tommy Edmond, you're a right fielder this year, you know, um, yeah. or, or, or you're a second baseman and, and Brendan Donovan's a right fielder like you, you know, you have options to mix and match and figure that like six two hundred for a guy of Carlos Correa's caliber, um, and then those seventeen and a half million vesting options, like seventeen and a half million for a guy of that caliber, and that's that's assuming he doesn't get injured. That's assuming he plays right. a full season the previous year, which is great. If you want him to play a full season the previous year, then you're then he's worth seventeen million that next year. Yeah. You know, it's it's wild. It is a wild, wild like. It's a great deal for the Twins, and the vesting option structure is incredible. You know, in six years, he's he's only going to be like thirty four. You know, like, yeah. and then year to year at seventeen and a half million, assuming he hits five hundred twenty five plate appearances, or you know, one of the three things that means he's a top player in the MLB. You know, like a silver slugger or an MVP finish, or like he'll be thirty three years old. Like, it's that's a great contract to have him on, and any team. Or oh no, sorry, thirty-four. I I uh, I was right the first time. Um, but any team would be, I think, happy to have him on that contract. It's thirty-three million for the first six years until age thirty-four for an elite baseball player who can play shortstop, third base. Um, it's yeah. I, I'm I can't believe I. I mean, I can't believe the Mets didn't do it, but I can't believe that another. I mean, obviously, you know, great for the Twins, but I can't believe no team you know, came in and, and was like, Hey, well, we're willing to, to beat that offer. Maybe it was just, again, maybe Boros was just tired of negotiating. and was like, look, I've got a deal from the twins. Let's just do it. You know, Carlos yeah. liked his year with the twins. Uh, uh, you know, we can go back now to our captain discussion and make Carlos Correa the captain of the twins because, uh, yeah. he stays on the field, uh, in a way that Byron Buxton doesn't. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, man, what a, what it's... a wild, like, I mean, I've never seen anything like this in like in any sport. Nobody has. Nobody. The closest you know, like, thing to this was the Ilya Kovalchuk deal getting vetoed in the NHL. That's the closest to this I can remember. Yeah, I mean, I guess like there's there's maybe you know if you're talking about like magnitude of yeah you know, like it's different, but the magnitude of uh, uh like a Rod was gonna be traded to the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, in like you know two thousand two four or whatever like. 
and that got vetoed like that that is probably of the magnitude of this kind of thing but like i remember when you know when it's like on december 23rd or whatever when the news broke that uh, that correa was going to be a met like grant brisby tweeted like i've been covering this sport for like 15 or 17 or whatever years and i've never seen anything like this i don't know how to write this article and that's grant brisby <laughs> like yeah. that's one of the premier baseball writers on the planet like <laughs> the you know it's it's truly like there's going to be a book written about like there's going to be multiple oh, books written about wait this for the you know tell-all. like it's going to be like, a fantastic read like insane insane like yeah like in in 7 or 8 years like there's going to be a book this is a, this is like a month long saga of like what what <laughs> just like what happened you know like yeah i, I don't i man <laughs> just glad it's over cuz like after a while i was just like Man, I'm tired of hearing about Carlos Correa. Just sign and let's be done with. Like I wanted him to go back to the Twins because they wouldn't have to do a new physical to the extent that the other teams were doing. <laughs> well, except, except that they they still would, right? And we talked about this yeah. a bit uh, last week, which is like, uh, you know, it made sense that they that they did a less thorough physical because they knew they had him on a short term deal yeah. that, like, you know, that was at max a three year deal if something went wrong. So, like, they they said again, I I don't have this quote in front of me, and I, like I didn't have it in front of me last week either, but but I remember seeing something that they said if we had signed him to the ten year two eighty five million dollar deal that they had offered him before the Giants deal was offered, they would have done another physical. Now, who knows if the ankle thing would have shown up in that physical um, because, you know, the Giants thing showed up. Like, who knows, right? But the thing that... that I I just... Yeah, man. I don't... (laughs) It's just... It's insane. I've never... uh, And I hope to never see anything like this again because this was exhausting. But... Just, I'm so glad it's done. I have just have fun in Minnesota. Uh, you know, it's great. Go be done. I, I mean, you know what? Go, go twins, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> why not? Go twins. You know, they deserve some happiness uh, out there. Yeah. Um, I do hold on. I have this. Um, the the oh, man, <laughs> I, I'm not logged into my athletic account here, so now I can't pull up the quote. But uh, it was a Dan Haynes, the Dan Hayes tweet. The Twins hadn't conducted a thorough physical of Correa since March, so maybe it was something that had happened in you know with the the injury that happened near the end of the season, right? Like that's possible. possible. Yeah. You know, it's certainly. Yeah, I mean, certainly... he got hit in the the plate by a pitch. And I right. remember he was saying, oh, my plate vibrated or something that like it that. It vibrated, right, yeah. yeah. Which, that's um, got to be a weird feeling. I don't even want to imagine what that would be like. The <laughs> uh, But uh, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, two scrolls away from finding it, but I can't, I can't get it in time. But, yeah, what a, man, what a wild story. I don't know if we're ever going to see a story, anything like this again. Boy, I hope not. <laughs> This was exhausting. Uh, but man, it was so fun. <laughs> it was good content. But it was, it was man, content. was it exhausting. But there was, yeah, it was like six straight weeks of like one of the top two stories being. So let's talk about Carlos Correa again, because yeah. <laughs> like again, over the last over the last four weeks, Carlos Correa has signed with three different major three league teams. baseball teams out of the thirty in major league. He's baseball. he's gotten a total of over nine hundred million over the last <laughs> month from three different teams. What a what a wild, wild couple of weeks. 
Um, all right. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Let's never talk about Carlos Correa again. <laughs> uh, man, if something, if another Carlos Correa story pops up in the next week, uh, I just, I, just I I'm gonna know. lose my mind. I just don't know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, let's let's. Uh, here we go. He said, "I've been." Writing about this stupid game for about 25 years now. Can't draw on a single scrap of experience for this one. Just winging my takes. Leroy Gammons. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Wild stuff. Um, there's a bunch of signings that happened this week. Small to medium signings. Yeah. Uh, the Maybe the biggest, uh, Trey Mancini to the Cubs on a two-year deal with an opt-out. The, uh, the, the, the now classic uh, two-year with an opt-out deal. Um, man, I like this move for all parties involved except for me. Because I, <laughs> I like Trey Mancini. Right. Uh, and, uh, he's just, he's going to be the one cub that I don't root against, I guess. Like he's, you know, sometimes those exceptions pop up. Sometimes former Cardinals go to the Cubs and I'm like, I guess I don't, I don't, you know, I can't hate Daniel Descalso and, uh, Trey Mancini is that guy now, but, uh, you know, two years for the Cubs for Trey Mancini really makes a lot. Cubs are having a sneaky solid off season. You know, I don't think it's going to be enough to take him past third place in the division, but, uh, but it's a, it's a, like. It is a thoroughly solid off season, you know. Yeah, they're they're forming a team of dudes that just vibe, and Eric Hosmer and Marcus Stroman. <laughs> it's it's one of those it's one of those off seasons that like hey, like if everything clicks the right way, because because you know Hosmer vibes, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, maybe uh, I have my own opinions on him. Uh, he's, a, he's a clubhouse guy, you know. Like he vibes. Yeah, yeah he's all right. Um, uh, so like, you know, there's, there's, and, and that was also technically officially announced this week. I think it was, you know, we, we think we talked about last week, but officially the announcement happened uh, two days ago. Um, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of guys and it's one of those, like, it's one of those rosters that's like, yeah, these are all like guys who are decent to good, who like at their worst are slightly above replacement level, you know? Yeah. And like, if everything goes well for them, maybe they overtake the Brewers, you know, like if everything clicks right, if like if the fun differential works well for them, you know, um, and if it doesn't, they're a third place team and that's what they're probably going to be anyway, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's it, it is one of those moves. It's like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. And uh, I just uh, I wish Trey Mancini was signing with any other team, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was the Ben Zobrist thing. Ben Zobrist was and Ben Zobrist was one that Ben Zobrist was my favorite non-cardinal and then he really? signed with the cubs and then i just i truly like was like cool i don't like ben zobrist anymore like that oh, was one that i was shame. like i can't i can't like he's, i can't i can't support ben zobrist on the cubs um stuff happens you know that's um, a shame yeah <laughs> uh andrew mccutcheon back in pittsburgh on a one-year deal uh does this love it does this mean that this is andrew mccutcheon's last deal year last year do you think uh do you think he's done? Do you think he's like, I'm going to go back to the to the Pirates, finish off my career, and then and then retire a Pirate? I, I think he's just going to do one-year deals with the Pirates. Uh, sure. Like, yeah. I, I'm so glad. So, fun fact, I was born in Pittsburgh. So, um, I've always had a – I'm not a big Pirates fan, but I have a soft spot for them. Sure. So, while, while the Phillies were terrible after 20, 2011, I watched a lot of Pirates games, and – McCutcheon quickly became one of my favorite players in baseball. 
Yeah. So it's so cool to see him go back there and finish his career out there because look, the Pirates have not had much over the last <laughs> few years. So, you know, it's nice to have the the face of the franchise yeah. you know, during that 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 you know few years they made the postseason back right. there yeah the like, I, I'm those glad. Are like like you can't hate the pirates you know because like no why, it's impossible how could you like put effort into hating a team that's so sad you know like, I've I've been the PNC Park and it is the most beautiful ballpark I've ever and even been even to. those couple years they were good you know like as an NL Central fan it was like yeah you know they're still like a rival but like you, I I could still couldn't help but be like hey man if the pirates win like good for them you know like i would have been happy to see the pirates succeed uh even even when they were you know the second best team in the nl central behind the cardinals like it's like and, you know what hey, you know what you can't you can't hate the pittsburgh pirates here, here's a hot take if they beat the cardinals in 2013 i think they would have won the world series that year uh i truly I, believe they were going to win the world series that year they had a really good team it, that it year. was a really solid roster yeah i mean mccutcheon and Marte and and russell Mark, Neil walker yep. Cole. yeah they had they had uh you know aj burnett like they had a lot of really great pieces and like that was again i, I wouldn't have even they been took mad. the cards to no? five games yeah i wouldn't have even been mad if the if the, again like it's just because like you can't you can't hate the pirates <laughs> you know no, like, you they're, can't. Just... They're, they're such a fun yeah I, I want them to be good so bad because they're yeah. so and much then, fun who knows, right? they're if they spend like three or four years like being really really good and and dominating then it's like okay maybe you can right so it was like yeah. you know i think i think there was a period of time where you couldn't hit the astros and now obviously you can very much hate the astros oh without a doubt um so like i get it right it, it, it can certainly happen but uh but for now uh great to see Andrew mccutcheon going back to pittsburgh yes uh nelson cruz to the padres on a one year one million dollar deal uh that's barely over league minimum. Yeah. Uh, uh, he uh, he says he wants to win a ring, and the Padres are the team he thinks are gonna do it for him. I mean, they 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 could. I don't. You know, anything can happen in October. No, for sure. And then you know, the Padres are a well constructed roster, and and yes. obviously they spent a bunch of money, and they're you know like they've over the last couple of years been a hey, this team is probably going to the postseason team, and they're gonna challenge the Dodgers, and then you know who who knows you know, yes, the Dodgers are penciled in to fin to win the NL West every year, but the Padres could always overtake them if things go well for them. Um, you know, Nelson Cruz yeah. doesn't have a ring, <laughs> you know? So. I, I mean, looking at the Padres roster, like I wouldn't be shocked if they did make a run at the NL West this year and win it for sure with everything. The Dodgers lost. Yeah. And absolutely. as long as Tatis comes back healthy and doesn't get suspended for stupid stuff, I, I I don't know if I would want to run into this team in October. Absolutely, no, absolutely. It's it's definitely like you know, if if you're ring chasing, which is what Nelson Cruz Nelson Cruz has expressed that well, that's what he's doing. Yeah. If you're ring chasing, there's not you know not a lot of better options than uh than the Pirates or that's no. the Pirates, the Padres. A lot of better <laughs> options than the Pirates. Maybe not a worse option than the Pirates, but not a, probably not a better option than the Padres. And Cruz, by the way, also did get three million dollars in the in the buyout of his option from the Nationals. Yeah. So he got so money. He got money, but uh but also a million dollars is nothing to scoff at. He's like, look, no. man, I'm just I'm trying to win and uh and the Padres are the team that I think are gonna do it for me. And you know, 
Yeah, he's he's a guy. He made his money over his career, and now it's like, all right, let's For get sure. me a ring, and then I'll sure. retire. Yeah, and he's forty-two years old. He's like, look, this is probably my last season, so let's yeah. let's sign with the team that I think is most likely to get me a ring and sign me. Uh, and you know, right now it looks like it's the Padres. So, um, Brandon Belt. Uh, this is a shocker. Uh, yes. To a one-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I cannot. I, this what a what a shock that Brandon Belt. Like you know, it's Brandon Belt seems like one of those guys who spent his entire career with the Giants. Seems like a guy who would go year to year with like, I'll sign with the Giants for a year. Sign with the Giants with the Giants for a year. If the Giants aren't going to sign me, then I'll retire. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Giants did already get Hanniger and Conforto. Uh, and have, they have Jock Peterson. They have Lamont Wade. So it's just like, you know, they, they thought that Belt was no longer the right fit for their team. Um, and, you know, he, he is coming off of a couple of injured seasons. You know, not a bad season in... 2021 he had a pretty good season but it was kind of half a season he had half a season last year with injury so i i fully understand that they're like hey we we want to do well but uh you know it's not like it the thing the thing is it's not like the giants are gonna win anything this year right no. <laughs> like or toronto gives them a chance toronto gives them a chance right but like but i don't think you know like brandon belt's not ring chasing he's got two of them or three three years he's uh, he's got two. Th- th- uh, he two, was not two, right. on the 2010 right. he roster. He wasn't on the 2010 roster. Yeah, so he has two, he has two yeah. rings already. He's not ring chasing. So, like, you know, I I think I think Brandon Bell probably wanted to stick around with the Giants, and the Giants were like, well, we don't have a spot for you. But, like, you know, you're the Giants. Like, what do you, you know, who do you, do you really need a spot for a guy? Like, what are you doing, you know? But uh, whatever, it's... you know, they, 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 they can do what they want to do. But it uh, seems like keeping Brandon Belt around would have been the, the move for them. It's insane that the only guy left on that roster from the the World Series runs is the guy that they tried to replace with Carlos Correa, <laughs> Brandon Crawford. Uh, well, I mean, Fun yeah, stuff. Maybe they're going to put Crawford. Maybe they're going to put one of the third base. You know, they don't have that long uh, anymore. Maybe. Put, you know, you know, they could, the Mets were going to put uh, Correa third. You know, so it's not. Uh... Not that out of the question. But that's that's that is certainly uh, that is certainly true. <laughs> the last uh, the last guy from those runs, the uh, the captain of the team, as we said, yep. Brandon Crawford. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. I just I I am surprised that uh, you know, like and again, like just belt like nine and a half million. Obviously, not 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 money to scoff at, no. but you know, I. I I don't know. I don't know if if I were brand. I mean, I don't know. Nine million dollars is, is certainly a lot of money. But if I were Brandon Belton had uh, you know all that all that earnings anyway. It's like you know what, man. I had a good run. I can retire with the team I started with. Yeah. To to me, that's more valuable than like spending a season with the Blue Jays. Also, kind of being a bench bat, right? Like you know. Like, yeah, because I don't I don't know where he's gonna play. They have Vlad. They have like they've got they've, Vlad. Know, yeah. He's so, got a lot there. Yeah. It's going to be it, interesting to see what he does. You know, like, it's fine. Like, he's, he's a nice veteran presence. Like, yeah, he's a clubhouse guy. He's the kind of guy you want in the clubhouse. Yeah. Certainly not bad for the Blue Jays to have a guy like that. And, and it's not like 10 million as far as, uh, as far as player contracts go is a lot of money. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it just it seems like, 
what what do you, what are you really adding to your resume here? I they don't they didn't really have a DH last year, so maybe maybe he DH. But I don't know. They still have Jensen and Kirk, so like <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of catchers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. You know, <laughs> I I I for for me like there there is value to me for players sticking with a team for their whole career. Maybe it's just because I had those two guys for my entire life <laughs> of of you know Yanni Molina and Adam Wainwright consistency yeah. on the Cardinals and never leaving. Um, but uh, feels to me like uh, you know, wish I knew what that was like. Sometimes <laughs> I, get, I get it. I get it. Um. I mean, you know, you, you, you kind of had, had that. Jeter. Until... Yeah, I had Jeter. Yeah, Jeter. Yeah, Jeter. Yeah, Jeter. Yeah, Jeter. No, I had the um, core four. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Brett Phillips signed a one-year deal with the Angels. He's yeah. fourth outfielder. Um, don't you know, know what that means for Adele and Mickey Moniak. Um, I mean, look, Brett Phillips is like a fine baseball player, but like, I feel like it's just like kind of a, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to see what works out in, uh, in spring training. You know, they give them a million dollars. Like like. they're not, they're not really like hitching their wagon to Brett Phillips. It's just like, Hey, it's good to have, it's good to have peace. I have a feeling they're going to end up trading Adele for pitching at the deadline. I honestly get that. feeling. Maybe, maybe, but like they're pitching it, you know, we obviously, uh, angels pitching has historically not been very good, but their pitching staff is not, it's not terrible. It's, not bad. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty decent. It right could now. be improved. It could be, I mean, yeah, the angels in general could be improved. Right. And Brett Phillips is certainly not the improvement. Uh, you know, they could, they could, go in and acquire Danny Jansen and make a big, uh, make a big improvement there. Right. There you go. Um, or, you know, they could have, they could have signed Carlos Correa to play shortstop. I was, that was another team I thought would happen if they weren't for sale. Would have been a solid move. Uh, yeah, it's true. The, the fact that they're for sale certainly, uh, certainly yeah, changes. That hurts them, it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, Brett Phillips for when you're new with the angels, you know, that's a move. Good for him. Uh, hey, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to kick you off to a, a fast stat segment. Uh, after that, we're going to come back, talk about a little bit more news. But uh, if you missed the last fast stat segment, uh, it's Lewis uh, does uh, five-minute mini segments, breaking down some uh, history of a random baseball stat. Uh, December's was way back in episode 103, talking about batting average. And uh, right now, we're going to hear Lewis talk about WRC+. So check that out. The stat has become the gold standard of measuring a player's bat. While wins above replacement tries to account for the defense and base running, and batting average remains a measure of contact, this one attempts to encompass everything that could happen when a batter steps up to the plate and assign a value to their contributions independent of position or game situation. How many runs can this player's bat create relative to the rest of the league? Today on Fast Stat, we dive into one of the many Acronym Sabermetric fans forget, not everyone knows offhand. WRC Plus, or fully Weighted Runs Created Plus. As with all plus stats, Weighted Runs Created Plus is league adjusted, with 100 being league average, and larger numbers being that percentage better than league average, and lower numbers being that percentage worse. It also adjusts for park factors, for where the player plays. This is all well and good, but the rest of the number, the calculation determining how much a certain result is worth, has a little more history behind it. 
Back in the 1970s, Bill James was the source of advanced baseball statistics, despite the fact that not many people had heard or listened to him. His first works were self-published and contained photocopied pages of whited out and corrected typewritten text, and the fact that James, while having degrees in economics, was not a formally trained statistician. One of his earliest statistical creations is the original runs-created formula. The most basic version was simply walks plus hits times total bases, then divided by at-bats plus walks, thus leaving out sacrifices and hit-by-pitches. There were a number of versions that James created, but the most cited became the technical version, which actually used some coefficient weights to adjust for certain outcomes. The technical version of runs created still counts hits plus walks as getting on base, but also includes hit by pitches and subtracts not just caught stealing, but also grounding into double plays. This is then multiplied by bases advanced, total bases from hits plus 0.26 times walks, ignoring intentional ones, plus hit by pitch, and also adding 0.52 times sack hits and stolen bases. This is then divided by opportunities, which is at-bats plus walks and hit-by-pitches and sacrifice hits. It's the same basic formula, just with some adjustments to account for different values, which becomes a theme. Two decades later, and Bill James had spent time talking with trained statisticians and had developed more advanced skills of his own. He heavily invested in Stats Inc. and was now fairly well-read in niche baseball circles and carried some respect among the emerging baseball message boards. He decided to recreate the formula to account for position in the lineup and a few other factors as the first steps for what he was hoping was his magnum opus, win shares. There was a short-lived time during the 90s and early aughts where this new runs created was viewed as the best offensive measure but that changed in 2006. Other people had grown interest in baseball and were using all sorts of fun formulas and tools to try to extract value from baseball stats. Advancements in computing meant that for the first time, advanced regression formulas and sorting through massive statistical databases were available outside of universities and corporations. And by 2006, a group of baseball message board enthusiasts were ready to release some findings. Tom Tango, a secretive hockey and baseball statistician who continues to go by his online pseudonym rather than his real name, developed the statistic Weighted on Base Average, along with his co-authors Mitchell Lickman and Andrew Dolphin. Weighted on Base Average took the results of every plate appearance in a given year and used a multiple regression model to assign weights to each result to show, on average, how many runs that would result... This makes sense. A home run is worth more than twice as much as a double, because a home run scores at least one run every time they're hit, and a single is worth more than a walk, because a single can drive in runners on base even without the bases being loaded. The statistic was an amazing jump forward for assigning value to batting, and it soon supplanted James's runs created as the definitive catch-all stat for offensive value. From WOBA, the statistic weighted runs above average, was created to adjust the stat to compare to league average, but it still faced the same problem as most sabermetrics. Even dedicated baseball fans had no clue what was good. A 300 average everyone knew was good. A sub-3 ERA everyone knew was good. But a 361 WOBA or 18 weighted runs above average? 
And even if people got used to that, run environments change. A 3.5 ERA in 1968 was not the same as a 3.5 ERA in the heart of the steroid era. WOBA and weighted runs above average had the same problem every other set had. How to adjust for scoring environment. We talked about this earlier. Enter the plus stat. By adjusting weighted runs above average for the run scoring environment, park environment, and putting it on a scale where 100 is league average, weighted runs created plus was born on Fangraphs in 2009 and has been the leading offensive stat ever since. back thanks so much to lewis for the fast stats segment we're gonna have another one next month in february and then uh in in march we're gonna be back to actual baseball so so we won't need those, uh, those fast stats seconds anymore but yeah very exciting we're we're not far off from from real baseball only only like a month uh, a month and some it's change like 40 and days report. away we are from that yeah yeah uh i think even less yeah um uh let's talk about the last couple of news stories trevor story is having modified Tommy John surgery. We hinted at this earlier in the episode, hoping for a quicker recovery than normal Tommy John, but still is going to miss the beginning of the season. He opted to not have the surgery at the start of the offseason, tried to heal it with rest instead, but after some some of that and, and more discussion with doctors and stuff, decided to have this modified Tommy John. Um, will this make a big dent on Trevor's story in 2023? You know, Trevor Story, here's the thing, right? Trevor Story did not have the best of seasons this year. But a lot of it was because of injury, missed time, stuff like that. He still had, it was two and a half baseball reference wins uh, in 94 games. And uh, uh, two and a half fangrass wins as well in 94 games. Pick that out. That's a four-win season, right? Obviously, he missed time, and that's not what you want. Um, he only played 94 games, and you're going to miss some more time at the beginning of this season. But, you know, if if you if you get him for a full season, like, it's not a bad, he's, he's still a good baseball player. Um, certainly not, you know, he certainly didn't live up to the 20 million the Red Sox paid him this year, but I think overall his contract is not bad. And especially if he comes back from this Tommy John, this modified Tommy John thing early, um, like he hopes to. And, uh, and you know, if he, if he just, if he just hits the exact same way he did this past year and plays this, if he plays the exact same way he did this past year, but plays a hundred and, 20 games 130 games it's a three and a half win player you know so like it's i think i think trevor story it was it was there's a lot of those those shortstops that signed this past like last offseason and came in this offseason who we didn't talk a lot about and we talked a bit about uh um seager and Semyon in our in our captain's discussion where both guys had perfectly fine seasons they've had perfectly good seasons this year we just didn't talk about them because they weren't you know super you know they were they were playing for not great teams. They weren't superstar seasons. Although Semyon arguably did have a superstar season. Um, you know all these guys were kind of we were kind of quiet about the season. But uh, I think you know story obviously of those three guys we're talking about did have the worst season, but mostly because of missed time. Um, it, again, if he didn't miss any time, he had a pretty equivalent season to Corey Seager, which was a four win season, which is a good season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good baseball mm-hmm. player, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think, Trevor Story? Uh, I mean, modified Tommy John surgery. Uh, that's what Reese Hoskins had a few years ago, and he was back pretty pretty decently quick. So, and he'll be back, yeah. and 
I think he's going to DH at first when he gets back, and then he'll probably start playing the field again later in the season. Yeah, and and he's moved already from shortstop to second base. Yeah. Although I don't know what their plan is off the top of my head for next year, because uh, there's nothing like our sim plan. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, our sim plan is actually Carlos Correa. Um, <laughs> so, um, um, so, but I think I think especially following a, this modified Tommy John, they're certainly not going to be playing Trevor Story at shortstop no. uh, this year. Well, Marcelo um, Meyer is supposed to be ready by next year anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think long term Trevor Story will stick around at, at second base. Yeah. Um uh and so second base, you know, the second base throws are not as bad as those shortstop throws. Uh and so yeah, so DH and then moving moving that to second and then and then probably fine for the rest of his career. And he, he is still once again, he's still a good fielder. Like oh, he's yeah. a good Trevor Story's a good baseball player, and I think it's like people kind of forget about how that he's he is still good. He just missed time this year, yeah. and he hasn't missed a lot of time throughout his career before this. Um, you know, he played 142, 145, 157, 145. Like he's still a good player. He just, uh, you know, sometimes injuries happen. So, yeah, unfortunately, it happens. I don't, I don't know why I'm like a, a Trevor Story defender all of a sudden, but <laughs> I mean, you traded him. <laughs> well, hold on. To be fair, Riley I did not know him. about that trade until it happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Neither did I. I wasn't paying attention to mod mail, and then it was posted, and I got blamed for it. I'm like, wait a minute. I have I wanna be... no knowledge of this. <laughs> Again, want to be very clear uh, uh, because this was a. Uh, uh... <laughs> talking about the sim again this was a this was a controversy in the previous year where where uh in fact it was you who uh signed shohei otani without consulting with your co-gm yes. uh and so going into this off season i agreed with riley hey whatever trade either of us agrees to anything that we do the other one does not have to sign off this is this is on us to make sure we sign off, not on the mods to make sure both of us sign off. And we told the mods, it's not on you to make sure we sign off. It's on us to make sure we sign off. And he made a trade without my <laughs> consent. And I was like, you know what? I agreed to this. I agreed that I trust Riley implicitly. Mm-hmm. I would not have made this trade, but I agreed to it. So yep. it's, it's done. It's done. You know, I'm not, I'm a hundred percent. This is nobody's fault, but my own. <laughs> I take full responsibility for agreeing to let Riley make trades without my consent. Anyway, <laughs> you let him cook. Anyway, but I was I was 100% on the Trevor Story bandwagon and he wanted to make that trade. Yeah. So, um Triple <laughs> uh, A games by the way, uh the next story here, Triple A games are either going to use automatic ball and strike calling or a challenge system in 2023. Um we are this much closer to robo umps i don't think challenges on balls and strikes is going to make it to major leagues i don't either um i think it's going to be robo umps in the major leagues um but i i I understand why they want to try out this challenge system because we've we've seen you know the way this challenge system generally works is you you can challenge the ball strike call and then they go to the robo ump um I just don't see that working in the majors because there's going to be too many challenges, you know, and I guess they can limit the challenges, but it's the same thing, right? If you win the challenge, then you get the challenge. Like, I don't, how do you limit the challenge without saying, Hey, if you win the challenge, you still lose a challenge like that, that would kind of suck too. So I think, I think robo umps are going to come. It just, there's a union (laughs) to deal with. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I think I've mentioned before, I was like 15 minutes from, from the iron pigs and i go to like 30 40 games a year so i'm really excited to actually see this in person and see how this all works as it's coming up through triple a um and you know i'm also excited to uh 
kickstart the Terminator timeline after I start screaming obscenities at the Robo Umpire when it gets a uh, strike call wrong or a ball call wrong. Uh, yeah. The AI is not going to like me. For uh, for what it's worth, in 2019, under the under the last signed CBA, which ends in 2024, so under the current CBA, um, there is a electronic strike zone provision i think the const like the idea is that it would be implemented before the end of the cba obviously the 2020 and 2021 seasons happened which were not expected which changed things i'm sure um and you know the way that the robo ump has generally worked is there's still an ump behind the plate to call other things because i can understand the the you know the concern for the union of hey we're gonna cut a, f- a quarter of ump jobs, yeah. <laughs> you know, by not having a home plate ump. Um, uh, so I, uh, I understand, you know, conceptually, you still want to have that umpire by plate. He's just not the person who's actually calling the balls and strikes. Right. Uh, he just might be relaying the balls and strikes onto the field. Uh, but you still want to, you still want to keep that ump job because you, you definitely don't want to cut all these all these jobs for umpires. I don't know. <laughs> so, like, I'm okay way. with cutting Angel Hernandez's job personally. Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. I'm okay with cutting a quarter of umps. There's definitely a quarter of umps you could cut and not like, imp- and you could improve the game, but there's a union to deal with. <laughs> and you, you're like, you, you can't screw over the union. You know, I, I get that, you know? Um, the, uh, the last couple things we have here, uh, Comerica park is going to be bringing the fences in. Um, I have not thought of Comerica Park specifically as a hitters or pitchers park. Do you? Are you more familiar with uh, Comerica's uh, dimensions in that way? It's always been more of a pitchers park than it is a hitters Has it been park. More of a pitchers yeah, park? it's more of a pitch. So bringing the fences in uh, sounds like Miggy's going to have a, a fun final season. Uh, <laughs> if he can hit home runs, uh, hey, <laughs> who else is able to do it? We didn't think he could hit home runs anymore. Well, oh, uh, you know. To be to be fair, all uh, he Pools, has to do is do the home run derby, and then he'll be back. Yeah. To to be fair, Pujols was hitting more home runs in his last few seasons than Miggy was. Uh, like Albert Pujols hit more home runs in 2021 than Miguel Cabrera hit in 2021 and 2022 combined. Oh no, it was it actually hit three fewer. Um, yeah. but like you know, M- Miggy's decline has been a lot steeper than Pujols' yes. decline. Is all I'm saying. Um. Uh, he can still hit singles, you know, he just can't, uh, that power, he hit five home runs last year. Like that's it's insane. That's not good. You know, Pujols at 17 in 2021 and was two years older than Miggy was last year. And Pujols is age 39 season. He hit, uh, 23 home runs in Miggy's age, 20, 39 season. He hit five. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> um, Pretty bad. But hopefully. Hopefully Miguel Cabrera can, you know, figure something out. You know what? Let him juice. Let him juice I, for one I, season. I, I, you know? I'd let Miggy juice. Absolutely. Let, <laughs> I'm, I'm in favor of let it. Let Miggy I want, juice I want and Miguel... the Tigers win the Central? Let's go. I, you know what? I'm down for it. Lewis might not be down for it, but I'm down for it. <laughs> I'm I'm here to see uh, to see Miguel Cabrera just just smash massive dongs and lead lead the uh, Tigers to Triple a uh, wild again, round you know? exit. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Did did he? Oh no, it's not going to vest. Never mind. So yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um, unless unless that'd be very funny if the uh, Writers Association just like all got together to collude to get Miguel Cabrera a tenth place MVP finish to to vest his twenty twenty four option. You imagine that would be hysterical. <laughs> I want, I want, if, if anybody from the Baseball Association of America is listening, please uh, engage in collusion to get Miguel Cabrera a 10th place MVP finish, no matter how he finishes the year, because that vests his option and it will be very funny. Um, the last thing we have here on our list is uh, no surprise. Uh, Felix Hernandez will be going into the uh, Seattle Mariners Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, man, <laughs> he's King Felix. Good for the like, king. Yeah, I love King uh, Felix. He, absolutely, he's the he's. I mean, like, how can so he not? Hard you know, to hate and him. he he's so fun to watch yeah. over his. Career. And again, like the Mariners are a team that that I think it's hard to hate too. Oh, like, yeah. I get. I, I think that there is like a weird AL West thing where they all really hate each other, um, and it's like how do you have this much vitriol for like, like those five teams specific? I get, again, I get the Astros because of the the scandal and all that. And also because of the, the continued success, both things combined, but like the other four teams, I just don't get how you can have vitriol for those four teams. It's like, there's such nothing teams. <laughs> like I like, I, you know, they had, they can be fun. They can be not fun, no. blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But like, they like, AL West hatred is real, man. Any, it's so any fan funny. of any AL West team, like anybody who's a fan of any AL West team, they despise the other AL West teams. And it's like, what is happening? Like, I I don't hate the Reds that much, you know? Like, I hate the Cubs and that's it. I don't even hate the Brewers, the Reds, the Pirates. Like, But like Mariners fans hate Angels fans. Like, I was like, but why yeah. though? <laughs> like, what's I going mean, it's, on? It's funny seeing uh, in our group chat one of our members, uh, who's a big A's fan, just go off on how much he hates the Mariners. It, yeah. It's it's hysterical sometimes. And it's just like, man, it's like, like, man, why do you hate? Like, I don't, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, and you're like, the A's. You care this much. And you're the A's. I have a, I have a I have a friend who became a Mariners fan like a year ago. Like he became a baseball fan like three years ago, just offhandedly, and like over the last like couple of years, like trying to decide what team he's a fan yeah. of, and finally landed on the Mariners, and has vitriol for like the Angels, and it's like. Like how can yeah, you hate Mike Trout and Shohei Otani? <laughs> it was like one of those things where like like yeah like you I think he doesn't hate Trout and Shohei because they're Trout and Shohei, yeah. but there are plenty of Mariners fans who do hate Mike Trout. Well, it's like I mean he's tortured them his whole career. And then I get that. I get that. I I do get that. Right. It's just, but it's just like and I like I hate Ryan Braun. Right. But I hate Ryan Braun mostly because of like he's an a hole. I, mean, I hate Ryan <laughs> like, Braun too. Yeah, right? It's like, you know, like everybody hates Ryan Braun unless you are a Brewers fan, right? right? It's like, but like, other than that, like, I never hated Andrew McCutcheon, even when Andrew McCutcheon was, you know, doing really well against the Cardinals, right? Like, Bud Norris was like one guy who like, really weirdly performed like insanely well against the Cardinals. Like, yeah, but like, how can you hate Bud Norris? <laughs> you know, I mean, like... when, when he got called up, like Bryce Harper was became my favorite player in baseball when he got called up. Like I, I've loved Bryce since he was a national. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I, you know, it's hard I, to I, hate I, him. It was Joey Votto. How do you hate yeah, Joey yeah. Votto? Oh my right? God, how do you? Again, like as a Cardinals fan, Joey Votto kills the Cardinals because he's Joey Votto. I, mean, I even found it hard Joey to hate Votto. David Wright. Like I couldn't exactly. hate David like, Wright. Yeah, like Joe, Joey Votto and and Mike Trout in many ways seem like the same guy. You know, yeah, like, oh, 100%. Uh, Trout is is better. But like yeah. otherwise, largely same dude, different yeah. fonts. Uh, and like, how can you hate that guy? <laughs> you yeah. know, but, uh, you know, Mariners fans find a way to do it. Uh, but let's talk about Felix Hernandez, who's what we want to talk about. Uh, how can you hate Felix Hernandez? Uh, I guess unless you're an Angels fan. Uh, he's great. We love him. Yeah. And uh, and he, he obviously deserves Mariners Hall of Fame and all of the accolades. You 100%. know, uh, yeah, Felix and uh, and Ichiro and. Uh, and you know randy johnson <laughs> like those uh those uh those 90s and and aughts mariners the kid uh can't forget the kid, the kid. obviously 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 yes of course uh, cincinnati reds legend uh <laughs> ken griffey jr <laughs> yeah yeah um absolutely uh all right well that's that's all of the news we had on our docket uh like i said you know we had a nice packed news episode yeah. we hit uh, just about an hour so uh Pat, uh, thanks so much for joining. Buddy, thanks for having me. And, you know, everyone have a great night. Have a great day. Have a great uh, Today is Martin Luther King Day as we're recording. Have a wonderful Martin Luther King Day. If you're off today, uh, have a great day off. If you're not off today, then uh, I'm sorry. But uh, I'm not you off know, today. Hope you have a great day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rain Delay Radio is executive produced by Lewis. My name is Nime. I edited this week's episode. I also hosted the episode along with Pat. Lewis also wrote and edited and hosted the Fast Cast segment. Uh, our theme music was composed by Chuck Lace. Rain Delay Radio releases every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, and uh, I almost forgot that I have an whole outro. Our baseball, our baseball weekly, son of a. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Uh, Yep. Every time. Every time.